Welcome to Fans of the Forge. I'm Chris. To my right, we have... Teresa. And to my left, we have... It's Sean. And calling in via Skype, we have special guest Zeke Stout. How are you, man? Good. How are you? We're I doing... thought I was going to get to say, it's Zeke. Like yeah. John did, but... <laughs> oh, <well>. You just <laughs> did. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us this evening to uh, talk oh. about your, your show, Master of Arms. Is that what it's called? I think that's what it's called. <laughs> I said yeah. the right one. Yes. <laughs> I always get confused of the you know the different uh, competition shows and stuff. No, yeah, Master yeah. of Arms. <laughs> that's um, us. Yeah. So uh, we have here. We we looked at your bio on the Discovery Channel website, and okay. uh, just for <laughs> an update for people that don't know who you are. You are a certified firearms specialist. You served as an executive at one of the largest firearms, technology, and gunsmithing schools in the country. And in that role, you were certified as a higher education professional in leadership and an armorer in several platforms, including the 1911 and Penn Arms yep. Grenade Launcher. Launcher. Yep. Not the one from last week. It, it's a more modern one. It's the yeah. one that the Terminator 2 used. Oh, <laughs> yes. Damn. Yeah, the the big revolving one. Yeah, I got yeah. certified on, and it's really simple. It's like the simplest firearm used today. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, you want to go right into it? Yeah. Here? So, um, I guess uh, if you could tell us about your origins and how you got into weaponry. Okay. Uh, well, I was born in Texas and raised in Tennessee, so that kind of covers how I got into it. I mean, we're, we're handed guns when we come out of the womb. Yeah. Um, now we, uh, I hunted a little bit growing up off and on. And then uh, occasionally if we were at a holiday or something with family that had a, a cool gun out or something, <clears throat> I'd get to shoot it, but I wasn't really into, into firearms, uh, get to like the junior high, high school days. And I started getting into, you know, like, I'm I'm a total nerd. If I don't know if you can see, well, heck, I got a Deadpool shirt on. I'm a big comic <laughs> nerd. And you know, guys like us. Before I grew to be a giant and sports became a part of my life, I got into like martial arts and stuff like that. So I, was, I loved the throwing stars and nunchucks. I, I wasn't good at them. <laughs> I didn't ever take lessons, but I thought they were cool. Um, so I collected little things and of course I get the little $20 set at the flea market and I think I've got the best thing in the world. And then three years later I open a closet and it's just piles of rust. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, then I get more college age. I bought my first handgun for home defense. Um, it was a piece of garbage. It was horrible. <laughs> and it, I would go out in the back. Uh, we lived in, on, a, on a farmhouse, me and uh, my first wife. And I would just go plank back there, shooting, target shooting. And every other round would malfunction. So I didn't really get into it because it was frustrating with the cheap one that I had bought. Then about eight years ago, uh, eight, yeah, right at about eight years I, the, the company I was working for, I was the chief administrative officer there, and we opened a location in a rough area of, of uh, the Nashville surrounding areas. And I was like, I got to get a gun. There's a lot of money here. And even though I'm not going to run this place, I'm still opening it. I need to get a gun. So anytime I've gotten into anything in my life, I just dive in headfirst. I study every aspect I can possibly study about it. And I started doing that. I started watching YouTube videos and listening to podcasts and 
part of me kind of had, I felt like there was a lack of the entertainment side when it came to weapons. There was a lot of, hey, I don't have anything up here, but let's just say, hey, here's this knife and here's the technicalities. Here's how long it is. Here's how it functions. Here's how it functions. I like the other brands better. It was just a lot of that Mm -hmm. review style podcast. And I was like, there's a lot of people that are into weapons that still like to be entertained. So I started a podcast with my buddy called Talking Lead. And uh, within, let's see, the fourth episode, we had this small YouTube channel called Haycock 45. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or anything, but he's got 4 million subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he came on our show, and all of a sudden, our show exploded. We were in 117 countries within a month of that episode. Wow. We were just like, what just happened? This was going to be a hobby. Now it's something that people actually like. Um, well, the corporate job I had, I didn't really have a passion for what we did. Uh, the, the, we did own some radio stations, so I really liked that, but they were all Latino radio stations. I don't speak a lick of Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so as I would go do stuff with them, I didn't really know and wasn't able to get into that stuff with them. So I sent my resume out to all of our sponsors from the show uh, and ended up going to the gunsmithing college. And within four years, I was executive vice president of product and positioning. And while I was there, that's when I started taking all these armors courses. Um, started with the AR-15, uh, learned how to build an AK-47 from scratch, the old Russian way. And that is, you talk about gaining a respect for a weapon. The AK-47 is a firearm that's been used for years, you know, sure. it's developed in Russia. Their military used it. A lot of our military special ops guys will sometimes get one custom made for them to use. Um, it's not issued by our military, but they sometimes will make things happen. Um, but it's one that it just runs all the time. If people find them in the mud in Europe and they pick it up, rinse it out and it still runs. So people think, Oh wow, it's such a simple firearm. When you learn to build one, from the bottom up, you have a whole new respect because it's not simple to build. And there's so many different technical aspects to it. Uh, and then the pin arms grenade launcher, which that was awesome. That was fun. And I'll be honest, that was more to try to do some armors courses business with that company. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the fact that I got to get certified on that platform was really cool. Uh, as far as blades and blacksmithing and stuff, I've never... I, actually, I take that back. I did get to hammer on an anvil. A buddy of mine owns Mossy Forge in uh, Colorado. And he, we were at an event out near his place, and he, I got to hammer on a um, tomahawk. Or actually, it was a Viking battle axe. But I didn't actually get to like spread it out. He just let me do it a few times. Okay. <laughs> but I, I started watching this cool show. And I'm sorry to producers and discovery that I'm going to say this, but it's called Forged in Fire. <laughs> I'll whisper it. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> but I really got into it. I was just fascinated by the whole thing. So me hosting a similar show that's much better, similar show <laughs> now is like mind-blowing to me. That was like two years ago, I was sitting on the couch showing my kids this other show that's like ours, going look at it. And they're like, oh, this is so cool. And we're all just like, wow, this is amazing. Two years later, I'm hosting something similar. And it, I, it, it's funny because I've met a couple of those guys in the past and they're great people. Uh, and they've got a great show. And what I've been telling people as they ask, you know, what about the similarities? Are y'all like big rivals? And we're not, we're really not. 
But what I do like to say is Forged in Fire is great. It's a great show. Spaghetti is also great. (laughs) (laughs) But it's better if you throw on some sauce and meatballs. And kind of what we did is we threw on some sauce and meatballs. So that's kind of how we came. And and we do different weapons than they do. We do do some of the same. Uh, The... The final episode is going to be an all-blade episode. Okay. Um, so, and then next week will be the archery episode. And then t- tomorrow night will be the final firearms episode mm-hmm. of gotcha. the season. So, yep. So, that's beginning to end. I mean, I went from birth to now. I mean, hey. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that was good. And, uh, you know, our our point of view, you know, we first heard about the show, and yep. we were on the fence, like, what are we going to are we going to watch this like and check it out and we said you know what you know we should try it out at least and see what, well, it, see what it's at, like at first i was like well, who are these imposters <laughs> what is this everybody is. <laughs> <laughs> what's hilarious to me is the trolls have just come out in droves and you can tell the people who are actually giving a fair critique and then you can tell the people that are just uber i'm 100% forged in fire you know anybody else is garbage and with those, all I do is say, you can like both shows. And it's it's almost like they go, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not like we're head-to-head on the same night. You can like both shows. <laughs> right. Um, so what's the feedback been on the show so far besides all the trolls? It's been really good. I've been thoroughly impressed and surprised, actually, because when you're filming – I mean, you, y'all see the the second round is 40 hours. Yeah. And they get 10 hours for four days. So there's 40 hours of footage. Then anywhere from three last week, oh, God, that was that was a pressure cooker. We can talk about that later. <laughs> but you got three to six hours in the first round. And then there's lots of little things that we have to film, like the Trent and his showing people how to do things. There, each episode, there's probably 70 hours of footage that they whittle down to 43 minutes. Right. Yeah. And so I was, I was almost having anxiety attacks leading up to that first episode. How do they do this? How is this going to happen? I don't understand how this is going to work. And it, it worked. They, they put it all together. Um, there's been a few hiccups that we've seen, but as the edits have gone along, they've gotten better and there's been more explanations and stuff. And of course, like I'm sure every other show there, there'll be notes we take if we get second season and we'll be like, Hey, can we change this? Can we do this? Can we do this? And we may get told, no, we're going to keep doing it this way, (laughs) but we're going to at least try. Uh, but, but there's really not a whole lot. I mean, there's not a whole lot I want to take to the table and say, Hey, you got to change this because it's been really good. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on it. (laughs) (laughs) So up to this point, You've seen a number of these challenges. We won't talk about the ones that haven't aired yet, obviously, but um, for the episodes that have aired, what has been your favorite quick draw challenge of the the group? Hmm. I'm going to have to say the ball and chain flail. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just because that was, it was fun once I learned how to use it, but it was scary as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Because Ashley says it in the show. And and when I don't know if y'all notice, but when she says it was more dangerous to the user than it was to the people they were using it on, that look I give her was straight fear. <laughs> like, what the hell did you just say? <laughs> 
I'm like, what are you talking about? It's more dangerous. I'm about to go out there and swing these things. <laughs> and um, so then I had some training done. We we researched it. We called people, and they're like, okay, you got to make sure you bring it around your head. Don't just swing it like a baseball bat. There's a lot of different things you had to do properly. And the biggest scary thing was it, the way they're designed, if they hit something hard, they're coming back to where you swung it from. I just swung it from my head. <laughs> right. So they, we were told you had to, as soon as it hits, you drop your arms down. So if you notice, like I hit and I kind of bring it down. Yeah. Um, and that was one, two, where there's been a few where it's like, okay, they all kind of performed pretty much the same. How are we going to make this decision? That was one where it really threw us for a whirl because if Jordan's handle would not have cracked, it probably would have been Colin because I tried several times and every time wherever I was aiming with Melinda's and Jordan's, it went straight on that line. Mm -hmm. Colin's was like three inches low every single time. And I'm like, Hmm. And of course, every time we, I had to do something with his just to test it, I had to do it with the others too. That didn't make it to the film, but we, because there's $10,000 in the line, everything has to be equal. Right. So, yeah, there, it was going three inches low every time. So performance-wise, it just wasn't making it. And then Jordan's cracked. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's that's kind of it. <laughs> <laughs> so following from that, what's been your favorite master build challenge so far? Ooh, that one's tough. I My favorite, as far as the history, is the long rifle. Okay. My favorite as far as the results was the blunderbuss. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because, you know, Lee, we we didn't get anybody's information ahead of time. We walk out, there's three people, you know, we don't, all we know is their first names because they want to try to avoid any bias. But now that I've, you know, hindsight 2020, I've gone and researched all these guys. Lee is amazing gunsmith. So were the other guys, too. Yeah. You know, Brian was. Uh, so, you know, th- all three of those guys were amazing gunsmiths. But to see what Lee did with that blunderbuss and how almost machine manufactured that look. And you couldn't really see a lot of it on screen, but to hold it and go, I I actually went to the producer and I was like, okay, I signed on for a legit, this is a real competition. Who gave this guy a CNC machine? Yeah. (laughs) Because this is unbelievable. (laughs) And they were like, no, dude, we've got 40 40 hours of footage that proves he did that by hand. And I was like, wow, this is impressive. Uh, And, you know, with that show too, it was a toughie with a lot of people online. They were like, oh, no, you know, it wasn't flared enough at the barrel. Well, we gave him parameters. We measured it with a micrometer. He met the flare. It uh, wasn't as big as Brian's. And and then Brian's had the big gap um, between the lock plate and the barrel. Right. I mean, lock plate and the stock. Yeah. It fired once. I can't guarantee it would have again uh, uh-huh. because of where that was. And it was like a gap hanging out there. And there, there's certain things that – you know, to explain a lot of that stuff would take up another 10 minutes of the show. And then some of the good stuff wouldn't end up in the show. So we're going to get a lot of that. I mean, I'm sure other competition shows cooking, everything else get a lot of people. Oh no, you know, John should have wrote one or no, Steve should have won, but 
you know, it is what it is. We've got the parameters laid out, and we've some of them. Oh, tomorrow night, <laughs> I'm going to give you all a little insight. <laughs> all right. It's not a spoiler. It's not anything else. But the first round, the deliberation for that first round took us four hours. Wow. It was that tight, and it was that hard to decide. And we went back and forth and back and forth, and then finally we had to just write all of the the parameters down, write the pros, write the cons, and we're like, okay, it's got to be this person. And so I'm scared of tomorrow night because – all three were amazing Bowie knives, and we had to send one home, and it took us. That was the longest deliberation we had. At one point, we were actually kind of like, well, can we just send all three to the workshop? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is way too tight. <laughs> oh, wow. But yeah, tomorrow night's is a, is a tight race. Cool. Well, can't we Looking to forward to it. One. Yeah, absolutely. This episode, prob- this interview probably won't go up until after that episode airs. But, I mean, uh, last night. <laughs> yeah, maybe last no. night or a couple of days ago at this point. But uh, Our next question was, what was the most safety concern weapon you had to test? But was it the flail? Um, I'm trying to think of... Mm, for the crew and the cast as a whole, yes, the flail. <laughs> for me personally, the last episode, and I wish they would show what we test in the first part. But I can't tell you. Okay. okay. But it involves ice and me punching. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> and I was like, that's a foot inch. I mean, a foot inch. Wow. You see, can you tell I was raised in Tennessee? <laughs> it's a foot thick block of ice. And you're wanting me to do things with my fist to that that most humans would not think, hey, I want to do this. <laughs> But, it, but you'll see when when it comes out. It's that one probably had me more worried than the flail because once I once I kind of practiced with the flail with nothing to hit, mm-hmm. I felt comfortable. And then I would like stop it and see where it would the drop would come to. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, because we we would test or we would practice with the examples. So the examples when Ashley opens the box, I would get to practice with that flail. And we couldn't do it with theirs because then it you know throws the testing right. off. Um, but yeah, I'd practice with the example ones. Um, and yeah, the, the, the one, the final episode is, <laughs> I, I can't remember if they were filming when they told me at first or not, because I just looked at them. I was like, you're nuts. <laughs> but I will say this, the second part of the first round test, I do something that in my brain, I wanted to just like flex and just roar like the Hulk and go. <laughs> but what happens in my body is like, oh my god, I just did that. <laughs> so, so that that's coming up in the last episode. So awesome. Who makes the example <laughs> weapons? Where do you get those from? Um, some of them we got from. I think there was a. Oh, don't hold me to this. I think this is just me trying to remember. I think Ashley had to get a couple in from some of her connections with museums. Mm-hmm. Um, but the majority of them we got from T- Tortuga Trading Company. Um, he was like one of the consulting producers on the show. Uh, he's, do y'all ever watch Pawn Stars? I've seen mm-hmm. it. Okay, he's one of the guys that has come in in the past and 
you know, uh, appraised a weapon or something like that. Gotcha. So he has a huge collection. So a lot of them came from, from his company. Okay. Cool. So in one of our previous wrap-ups, I made a point to say that it didn't look like you were swinging some of these weapons very hard. Not that yeah. you weren't. I think it's right. – and what I think here is that it's a, a factor of your size – yeah. So being, in your words, a six foot seven gun toting Sasquatch, <laughs> have you ever been concerned about how hard you're swinging the weapons during these tests? Uh, yes. Uh, and that was one thing I asked. I'm like, I, I feel like to really test this, I need to give it my all. But at the same time, there's safety concerns, too. Right. Uh, the, the one, the Gunstock War Club, mm-hmm. when I watched that back, I was like, I swear I was hitting that so hard. I remember my hands ringing like a baseball bat, you know, if you weren't holding tight enough, I was like, but it looks so slow. And then I realized, Oh, we're using a thousands of frames per second. <laughs> slow-mo cam. Of course it doesn't look like I'm doing much. Um, and you nailed it on the head. My curse, my entire adult, or even, you know, until when I hit, you know, my height on, in athletics, everything. When you look at me doing something, I look slow until you compare me to other people doing something. <laughs> yeah. And it's like I used to you know, run down the basketball court, and if I just looked at myself, I was like, God, I'm slow as molasses. But then I watched the whole court, like on video, and I was beating everybody down the court. And I ran a 48940 at 6'7, 300 pounds. So. <laughs> good. Oh, man. But but being as big as I am, it does look like I'm I'm holding back, and I I absolutely was not. And the one that really worries me too, that's going to be worse than the Gunslot War Club, is the um, the Bowie knife. When I chop, there's some wood I chop, mm-hmm. and the wood it was so cold that day that the wood was felt almost frozen, and it I just like when I'd hit it, I was swinging as hard as I could. But as I would look, there, were, there wasn't much happening. And I'm like, oh, crap, this is going to look horrible. But I don't know. It, it made it look great because one of the uh, the promo pictures actually shows me swinging with one of the Bowie knives and there's wood coming up. So, it, what, what, And that's one thing I'm learning, too. What you think is happening and then what you see on TV is totally opposite. It's so weird. It's <laughs> like I think it looks this way, but then I see it and I'm like, wow, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Kind of, kind of, kind of the reason I lost all this weight because I saw that <laughs> the the clips and I was like, oh my god, I'm huge. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was three fifteen when we filmed the first season. I'm down to two eighty now. So oh wow, nice. Yeah. So people are going to see the second season and be like, oh man, they replaced Zeke, or oh <laughs> hey, they replaced Zeke. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> yeah. In the bayonet test, you stabbed into hanging barrels filled with water. Um, as you talked about how the weapons performed, the water freely flowed from the barrels and you ignored it. Uh, were they filled all the way to the top and you tested? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and between each test, the miracle of TV was probably an hour of cleanup between each one of those. Oh man. Yeah. yeah it was, it was crazy. I mean, water was coming out everywhere. I was like, I gotta keep going though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I made a point to to put that question in here because it was a Forge and Fire episode. It might have been episode one. They did a stab test into a barrel, 
and they had the same problem where it was completely full barrel and the judges uh-huh. didn't know it was full. And uh, the I think it was, it was Billy Niels? Hilton that yeah. was telling us about this. Uh, that it, it, it just kept unloading and pouring and pouring and it took like hours and hours for them to oh, be yeah. able to go through all the tests because they had to wait every time. And yep. then after the first time they did it, they didn't take any more water out of the other barrels for the remaining guys. They left them full. Right. <laughs> well, it has to be yeah. equal. <laughs> yeah, so that was why I yeah. brought that up because I was like, oh, I'm watching you talk while all the water's just pouring out behind <laughs> you. Yep. <laughs> and it, it, it was wild because, like like Teresa just said, it it has to be equal. You know, have y'all, did y'all ever see the, the movie quiz show from back in the 90s? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so there was a big scandal back in the original game show TV days, and people were rigging the game shows so certain people would win and money under the table. Well, it was a big expose back then, and that movie quiz show is about what happened. And since then, there's all kinds of legal things around game shows, and that's that's what this is. That's what all these competition shows are. They're game shows. And there's $10,000 on the line. So there's lots of really, really strict guidelines we have to follow as far as things being equal. Things like perfect example. There's certain things I say every episode the exact same way. And that's some of that legal stuff. Yep. I have to lay it out this exact way, say it this exact way with this exact inflection to make sure that it's clear to everybody what they have to do and what the parameters are. It makes sense. It, yeah. yeah. Um, do you get to try the firearms that the competitors make after the show airs, or is Nick Irving the only one who gets to use the, the master challenge weapons? I didn't get to actually fire them, but once the, it, once the show... Once we wrapped each episode, I got to test them and look at them and, you know, kind of see how they did certain things, see how the trigger worked and everything like that. Um, As far as the weapons after the show is complete and airs, we have to destroy them. Uh, Just liability reasons. You know, if, if we let them take them home and then they sell them to a buddy because they need the money and then that buddy gets it stolen and then it's used in a, in a, robbery or something then guess who they're coming back to they're coming back to discovery so um ashley was talking about trying to see if maybe we could set up a part of her museum that because they've got security and everything i mean it's very well well done uh where we could kind of have our weapons there or something like that that would be cool yeah because that's that's the number one question everybody has oh what do they do with them after they're done right we gotta destroy them Stinks. Sucks, <laughs> man. Yeah. So when you're up on the balcony watching the competitors doing their uh, forging and building uh, during these challenges, um, it it it's in, it's hard to judge how far away you are from the guys down on the floor. Like, can can you see pretty well from up there? Or are you? Yeah. 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 Um, last week when they had to build the flintlock mechanism. Yeah. It was really tough because it's very small parts. So we probably stood up there an hour of the three hours. And then because back to the legal stuff, we have to watch the whole time. Right. We would walk down to the control room. And so that way we could watch it on the camera and we could see all the little intricate things they were doing. Um, when they're grinding, when they're at the drill press, uh, when they're looking for like sandpaper materials or stuff like that, they're all directly underneath us. Oh, so okay. we're looking straight down at the grinder, which 
kind of was scary at times seeing sparks coming <laughs> flying everywhere. We kind of stepped back. Uh, everything else from their tables were probably distance wise straight out, maybe be 20 feet. Oh, okay. And then, you know, it was about eight feet high where we were standing. So, no, nah, probably more than that. Probably about 10 feet. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Have there been any scary moments in the making of the show? Uh, tomorrow night. Oh. You'll see one of them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You'll see one of them. It's, it's a, uh, there is a, uh, well, I can't give it away. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> Tomorrow night you'll see it. And, uh, the scariest moment is next week's. Next okay. week's you'll see a moment that all of us were like, <gasps> and it happened. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so let me, I'll ask the next one and then you can take your question. Oh, okay. Because I have it in order and I want oh, okay. to ask this one. Okay. How come Trent and Ty won't like our Instagram posts? <laughs> I guess the hat. I guess. Yeah. Uh, he tries to use the feather as a stylus, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, Trent doesn't even like my post. Trent doesn't like Nick's post. Trent does. I don't think he works Instagram as hard as he does Facebook. Oh, I think okay. that on it, that's probably the honest answer because like i'll tag him and stuff all the time and never see response but then like i've got a radio show too and we did it last night and my co-host was doing a facebook live video and he was on there commenting the whole time and i'm like <laughs> oh he, he just must do facebook oh okay that, so all right well then trenton i'm coming for you on facebook <laughs> we're gonna chat there you go <laughs> is nick irving as intense when the cameras are off no, Nick is the nicest guy in the world. He is that that mode y'all see is very intense, and he had he would have me hit him before every time he would go to test. And so, like the first time, I'm kind of like, "Hey, buddy," <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "No, no, no, harder!" So I whack him a little bit harder. This is all on his chest, and I'm like, "Like, is that?" that good no man no you suck you hit like a girl whatever (laughs) and i'm like okay and so like the last time i just hauled off whoa knocked back a couple feet and then he took a step for me like and i was like oh god i'm dead (laughs) i was like i am about to die before we film our first episode and he was like yeah yeah i'm ready now and i was like holy crap and all of us kind of took a step to the side like okay we're gonna go over here but when he's not in that mode he is the nicest guy on earth i mean he brought us milkshakes one night that did not end up well because ashley has now found out she is lactose intolerant oh man Um, up on the catwalk for three hours all of us having uh, gassy episodes because <laughs> milk- but it was nice that he brought the milkshake so hey <laughs> uh, so far the majority of the master build challenges have been flintlock firearms is there a reason you guys went with that style versus percussion or uh, match lock or even an older method of like lighting the match to ignite the powder um this first season, a lot of it was kind of predetermined before we got there because it was a whirlwind, getting all the casting together, getting the getting the right contestants, and then us getting there. So we got there, and a lot of it was already laid out. Um, it's going to – I think we're going to kind of do a historical progression if we get more seasons. So 
like tomorrow night's episode, or if you're watching this later, last night's episode or whenever, the Elgin pistol is a percussion cap. Mm -hmm. So that's a different kind of uh, ignition system. Like you said, there are match locks uh, or even fuse. You know, some of the original firearms uh, were just a fuse that they lit, almost like a firework in a barrel. Right. And uh, then hopefully progress into like wild west lever action type stuff not really sure how we'll start doing it because as you get more modern there's more machining yeah yeah and we're not going to have a competition to see who presses buttons the best you know so to get but but the amount of historical firearms there are even even leading up to world war one we could have 20 seasons and have plenty of stuff there um, lots of cool tests you can do, but yeah, we, we'd like to do more, uh, like a wheel lock would be really cool to do because they didn't work that well. And to see if we get some, you know, master smiths in there that know what they're doing to make one that functions better than some of the historical ones. That would be really cool to do. Oh, nice. <clears throat> oh I remembered what I was going to say about Trent. Okay. <laughs> Y'all know he competed on an that other show right yes oh, yeah. we do and actually Teresa pointed it out when we watched the first episode she's like uh-huh. I remember him I think he was on Fortune Fire he's and, the mohawk axe guy yeah, yeah. he's on like the big intro to a lot of the episodes because when they call he like holds up his giant axe yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> with the deer antler mohawk yeah <laughs> <laughs> When I when I they told me who the other judge was going to be, I was like, okay, let me look this guy up. And I watched that episode, and I laughed and I laughed because he just didn't care. He's like, oh, my blade broke. Let me do something fun now. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, Chris didn't cool. believe me because he looks different now. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't yeah. wearing the hat. Yeah. yeah, the hat and the smock and the <laughs> yeah. So this is the last question, really. This one here. Yeah. So it's all yours. Oh, honey. do you own a lot of guns? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. Um, uh, part of part of it is the job I had before doing this. Uh, the other part of it is I love it. <laughs> I love the history of them. Um, the the self defense aspect is part of it too. Uh, when people ask me, there's a lot of stuff you got to think about before you go into that realm of it. Um, but there's a lot of training you need to do and stuff like that. But it's 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 part of our culture. It's part of what made the United States the United States. I mean, we had an episode about the rifle that that's the reason we won. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's the reason we're the USA now. But yeah, I've I've got a few. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any knives nearby that you want to uh, th- uh, show us? That's my pocket knife. <laughs> it's a good kukri style there. There you go. Y'all y'all know that. Yeah. That this one is so Amazon. You can luck out and you can get crap 90% of the time. <laughs> yep. This is one of my luck out moments. Wow. I saw it cuz I had searched like spider I've got a few spider codes, a couple benchmates, stuff like that and I I guess it knew that I had been searching knives and then it sh- this showed up and I was like, "You know, I've wanted a good kukri." And it was like on sale, 40 bucks. And I'm like, "40 bucks, it's going to be a pile of garbage." No way. <laughs> crap. And I get it and it was so cool because you can't really tell but these are shell casings. Oh yeah, like they're they're um, they're center fire shell casings. There, it's good steel. 
I haven't really put it to a whole lot of test yet, but I was just like, this is a solid knife. And then I've asked some friends of mine that are knife collectors of like legit, you know, people. And they're like, you did not pay $40 for that. I was like, yeah, I paid $40 for it. On Amazon. <laughs> and it pisses them off. They're like, that should not have. Now the sheath on the other hand is cheap as crap. And, and for some reason it came with these two little bitty, like weird sacks looking knives. <laughs> that stick in the back of the sheath. I don't know. That's dumb. But the knife itself came out pretty good. Um, oh, here. so part of my audition process, they wanted me to get unique weapons and walk around a cool location and talk about them and hold them up and see how I move with them and stuff. And I was like, okay. So I did go on an Amazon spending spree. And ironically enough, before I even knew they were coming, you know, <laughs> Whoa. Got this ball and chain flail with like four spiky balls on it. <laughs> um, some crazy knives and stuff. <laughs> Got some straight razors. Oh, know. yeah. This isn't really my weapons room. I just knew y'all might ask. But yeah, I've got um, my favorite knife I have is the Spyderco Manix XL. Okay. Because I mean, being a big guy with big hands, that thing's huge, and I love I love the Spyderco design with the hole. It's just they're really nice. Um, I've got a railroad spike that uh, Ryu Lim and uh, Trent made me together oh, when nice. I, we drove up, and then um, uh, trying to think what else. Bow staff. I got like a real bow staff from from Asia. Uh, lots of cool things, and then a friend of mine. I don't know if you'll follow Mick Dojo Life on Instagram. Yes. He's coming to Nashville next week, and then we're going to do some stuff together. And he's like, dude, I'm really good with the nunchucks. Y'all need to do nunchucks in season two and let me come out there and break. I'm like, dude, heck yeah. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> yeah. awesome. Well, that sounds pretty cool. So, well, that's all we have for questions. Is there anything else you wanted to tell us about the show or anything else you wanted to say before uh, we sign off? No, just everybody watch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Please watch that's, Master that's, of Arms. Oh yeah, that's the that's the big thing. Is th the funnest career I've ever had filming it. The most stressful career I've ever had, sitting back and hoping the ratings go up. <laughs> which which it's so far it's been good. You know we've I know I've of course we were helped by the other show a little bit because their hist history of, of doing it. Um, but we know we've outperformed their first season. Uh, but people also knew the style of show that we were doing. Um, well, the style of show was actually chopped in iron chef, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like people kept saying, Oh, well, you're just ripping them off. And I'm like, no dude, you know, chopped iron chef. No, like, what? I'm like, here's a pile of stuff. Make something cool. <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's the same formula. It's just different things. Do you uh, think, um, coming on after gold rush helps you guys too? It's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. It, it helps because they have a lot of ratings. It hurts because it's hard to retain, uh, those, those diehard gold rush viewers because, Oh, they have an older demographic, and we come on at ten o'clock. Yeah, mm. yeah. I like to go to sleep at nine thirty. <laughs> <laughs> so. We watch it the next day. Yeah, we watch yeah. it the next or, day or because a couple days later because we're tired. Yeah. I, I would like to stay up late, but I can't even make it to nine thirty most days. So. Most of the time, I'm finishing the notes because this one can't like make it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty bad. Yeah. 
works. So, all right. Those still count. DVR counts too. So yeah. Well, you guys are also on Sling TV now, which yeah. I, we yeah. can't say enough about. We love it so far. Um, it's a it's a great service. So when we found out Discovery Channel and some of the other channels associated were going to be on there, we were psyched. I did a little bit of research because I wanted to make sure I wasn't like saying awesome about like some pirated stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, some people said, "Oh yeah, watch it through torrents," and I'm like, "Dude, really? <laughs> no." <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for coming on the show with us. I think we're good. That's yeah. it for questions. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, thanks again for talking with us and everybody Absolutely. please check out Master of Arms and um, you know maybe we'll have to when the season wraps up we'll have you back on to talk about some of the other episodes um, that some come of up these things that we asked you about they're like oh wait till right. it comes and then we can actually talk about what it was <laughs> yes yes then I can be like that was it yes. <laughs> alright cool so thanks everybody for watching or listening uh, if you're listening to the podcast and remember to Hit all the social media stuff. We don't need yeah. to go through it. We're uh-huh. on all social media. Just find us. Do that good stuff. And follow Zeke, Zeke Stout, on Instagram yeah. and Facebook uh, and Twitter, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Zeke underscore Stout on Twitter and Instagram and then Facebook. I hate that it does this, but it's official Zeke. So Official no. Zeke. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't let me change it to Zeke underscore Stout so I could have it up consistent across the board so oh well official zeke official zeke <laughs> well there you which go which i was shocked that i got that because ezekiel elliott so <laughs> oh yeah. okay wow all right well thank you very much and that's <laughs> it guys we'll catch you later hey thank right. you